Welcome to Curious Salma. My guest today is Shimaz Rafiq. Shimaz is a Sri Lankan expat living in Dubai for a year. She has always been interested in international relations and global affairs and wishes to pursue a career in it one day. So I went to a few networking events for a ladies group. This is where I met Shimaz. She struck me as a gentle and resilient soul and I was so sure that she had a lot of incredible stories to tell. I'm so thrilled to have Shimaz with me today on the podcast. Hi, Shimaz. Hi, Salma. I'm so pleased and honored to be a part of your podcast. So uh, I've never been on a podcast before. So I'm just excited and curious to see how it's going to go. Thank you so much. I love when people say that. I want to ask you first, what are you curious about? I would say I'm curious about a lot of things, but mostly anything related to international relations, global affairs. But all in all, I think I'm someone who would love to, you know, learn as much as I could. So any kind of topic is of interest to me. I don't have a specific region as per se, but when it comes to international relations, what I like about international relations is uh, because it's a area of study which teaches you everything in um uh, you know, as a whole, like be it economics, be it geopolitics, be it history, be it, you know, trade and strategies, like how countries interact with each other and what are the strategies, what is diplomacy? So how do they deal with global issues? And I feel, although um, it is somewhat separate from, you know, uh, business or whatnot, I feel there are a lot of things which you could learn and use even in your you know day-to-day life or even you know in your career there's there's a lot that you could uh, you know take from uh, international relations so when you joined the group that i joined where we met Mm -mm. did you join because you wanted to network or you wanted to mingle or you wanted to promote your business what was the reason why i joined the group was basically um especially since we are in Dubai, I know there's a huge expat community here. There are people who come from different walks of life, right? Different backgrounds, right? And then different countries. And if you're from a different, you know, country, you have a certain culture, you know, you have certain ways of doing things. And this is something that interested me. And I thought, why not join the group, get to know people, understand Um, you know, listen to their stories, life experiences, you know, which I could use in the sense like for my personal growth, you know, like the way how I see the world would be different from another person's perspective, right? So mingling with these kind of people gives you the opportunity or sort of gives you a different take on the world. Like the the exciting part for me when we became friends from the group is that you're from Sri Lanka. You're the first person I meet from Sri Lanka like, and become friends. And uh, yeah, I have to admit, I know very little about Sri Lanka. I just know that it's a very uh, popular tourist destination. It has a lot of amazing, you know, 
greenery and stuff like that and temples but that's about it i guess so it was exciting that i i will get to know more about your country and your culture and all but also like hearing your story which although we're from different worlds you know and like cultures and all but like being able to connect somehow to your story and find great resilience in in your life uh, up to this very moment and and still you managed to have a very calming presence you know uh, and a very gentle soul uh, i don't want to get much into your story if if you're not willing to share but like how did you manage to find resilience generally with whatever you've been through just to tell you like you're actually my first egyptian friend to be honest so i'm glad that i actually joined oh, the group oh that's awesome yes sri lanka is a beautiful country and uh, i think someday you should visit uh, it's rich in culture the cuisine is um, actually delectable it's amazing and then there are like so many places to visit you know if you want actually the beaches there's the beach then if you want the hills there's the hills and then there's wildlife um, and then there's a cultural side where you could see all the old kingdoms i mean the ruins of the kingdoms so um about my story actually i i really don't have any problem in sharing uh, for me i think sharing it with people would sort of go a long way in terms of helping someone who is going through a similar situation so i've been a domestic violence survivor for 24 years i've been going through this right so um there's a lot that has happened where i really did not have the liberty to make my own choices in terms of education um you know in terms of career in terms of i think literally everything about my life i didn't know that whatever that was happening to me was wrong because this was done by a, a family member to me you know and um you always think okay if a parent behaves a certain way or sort of beats you up it's because for your own good right but i think the turning point for me was when i was 16 years old and i clearly remember i was this bright child you know who was ex- who used to get selected for all these extracurricular activities in school so um, i was into drama i was into you know everything all literary stuff a very bubbly vibrant character i would say so sometimes when you get selected for these extracurricular activities back in school we had to stay after school for practices you know if we had competitions obviously we would have to we would have to stay after school and you know practice there would obviously be a teacher but my father used to beat me up like every time i had to you know like go home probably a bit late mostly because i had to stay after school for practices not for anything else i had other friends who were very shy and they never took part in anything right and their parents they always used to like come and tell me like shimaz i know you know you take part in all of these things why don't you just take her along with you i want my child also to be like you so i was sort of shocked like when i used to get beaten up by my father for you know getting selected for such stuff and then you know having to stay after school because if it was some other parent they would be really proud and they would like give it their all support them for me it was nothing as such for me it's like 
I go home late, I get beaten up. So then I was thinking like, why is this happening to me? What wrong have I done? I'm just getting selected for something is because I'm good at it, right? So it is something that he needs to be happy about and sort of support me in that or encourage me to do better, right? Not sort of, you know, like sort of beat me up, intimidate me. It's not the way to go. And then I clearly remember my mother calling one of my teachers um, in tears and sort of pleading, uh, asking the teacher not to select me for anything going forward. Because she was like, she she doesn't come and tell you all, but she comes home late because of practices and then she gets beaten up. And I don't want my child going through this. And it was very abusive, a very toxic environment back at home. For me, like kids, you know, who were in the same age as me, they would literally uh, wait, you know, for the school to end so that they could run home. And they would wait for holidays to come so that they could spend time at home, be with family, you know, enjoy their vacation or whatnot. For me, it was the other way around. I dread going back home. Because for me, home was not home. It was a totally different hellhole. So it was not only uh, school. I was also sort of restricted from mingling with my own cousins. I clearly remember I was doing my ordinary levels and I went to the exam center. I did my exam and I I was coming back home and I was walking down the lane. So my maternal grandmother lives just four or five houses away from my home. And uh, so I clearly remember my cousins were at my grandmother's house uh, that particular day and they were playing cricket or something on the road. So I was I just happened to pass by because I had to pass my grandmother's home and then go to my house. Right. So I was just passing by. And uh, so my cousins, they stopped me. They were actually male cousins. They stopped me and they asked me, okay, so how was your exam and all of that? So I was just telling them, you know, I was just giving them my experience and all of that. And probably I would have been speaking to them probably like for 20 minutes or something. So my father would always mark the time. So let's say if the exam ends at 4 p.m. in the evening, I get about half an hour to come home. And if I get late more than that, I get beaten up. So I clearly remember even that day I got beaten up. And the next day I had my maths exam and... I got 11 slaps on my face and I clearly remember going with a swollen, you know, face to the exam next day. So I think whatever that was happening to me was wrong. I felt it clearly because I, I saw how other parents treated their kids, how they loved them. I did not do anything wrong since I was not allowed to mingle with my own cousins. So for me, the escape was because my home was like a prison to me, right? So I was just confined to four walls in my room. For me, the escape was to just read books, right? And write down my thoughts in a book. Or probably I'm not very good at writing poems and stuff, but I started doing that as well. I just started writing poems because I really needed not vent to be able to share this pain with someone, but I really didn't have anyone. So then what was the thing that I could do? Just write it down. So that's what I did. And I thought someday all this is going to be okay and I'm not going to give up. Uh, No matter what happens to me right now, I thought, and I also had this thing in my mind where I clearly had this very strong intention, no matter what happens to me, 
I will not turn out to be like my father. I will not be like him. And whatever that I've gone through in my life, it has only made me more stronger, compassionate, and I would see empathetic. Having such abuse coming from a family member was shocking because your family members should be the ones to protect you, should be people who gives you comfort, who gives you strength. But for me, I really didn't have anyone to support me or to give me strength. I had to figure it out on my own. I had to raise myself on my own. But I think because of this adversity, I had a lot of me time because like I told you, I was restricted. I was not allowed to go out or, you know, uh, mingle with my cousins. Friends did not come over. You won't believe me. I've never ever had a sleepover in my whole life with my girl, my uh, best friend uh, in school. I've never ever had a sleepover. Uh, so I missed a lot on those stuff. Like when I see today when, you know, girls have their own girl time, you know, chatting and, you know, have sharing their secrets or whatnot, I really did not have any of that. But I thought someday I will build my life. I will be compassionate. I will be kind. I'm not going to be a person who is abusive like him. And But still, even though he did all of that to me, I've forgiven him. I, I, I don't hate him. But he did to me was wrong. I don't quite agree or I don't condone that. It is for my own sake, uh, for my mental sanity and my peace. I've forgiven him. But I'm someone who does not forget. It's not because I'm cussed. It's not because, uh, you know, I'm hypo a hypocrite. Uh, like having something inside and showing something outside. It's not me. But why I say that I don't forget is because I've gone through so much. I don't want to fall into that trouble again. So I sort of keep it as a reminder so that I deal with such people cautiously. That's it. Because I think it's fair enough, right? You've been through so much because, I mean, going through abuse for 24 years is not a... Sh small period it's a long period and you get so accustomed to it sometimes when it ends you're still having those anxiety issues all of that and it's very hard for you to get out of it because you've been going through that for 24 years and you can't just get out of it like you know in a in a blink of an eye that's not how it works even to date i have anxiety sometimes so for me i think how i found resilience is basically I knew things were going wrong for me, but I thought someday I will get out of it and I will build my life up. And it's, it was the maturity that I had because uh, I was exposed to issues at a very younger age in my life. And I think I matured way uh, more than uh, I was supposed to. Uh, but I think that has only sort of helped me in terms of my life, my, you know, career, whatever that I've done, I think it has only just made me stronger, made me more compassionate, made me more empathetic. And I also believe sometimes you need to go through adversities so that it can bring the best out of you. And uh, I think 
I sort of found my resilience through that. And also, just because he did whatever he did to me, I did not treat him the same way. And that's one thing that I would like to say as well. I mean, uh, some people, you, you go through something, someone does something wrong to you, and then what happens is you would want to do the same thing to the, to the person who caused you the hurt just to get back. But what I would say is that if you choose to do that, you know, out of anger, out of anything, you should not do that because then it will not it will not make you different from the person who has caused you hurt, right? So you have to go above and beyond that. Uh, you should not uh, fall into that level. That's what I would say. But it's okay to, you know, like sort of be distant for your own well-being that's totally fine but um, I don't believe in causing hurt in return for what you've gone through the kind of pain that you've gone through I don't believe in that I believe that the way to fight it is to be a good human by being uh, empathetic compassionate and uh, you know kind I'm speechless thank you so much for sharing everything You have no idea how inspiring you are, I think. Uh, just by you mentioning how this hasn't affected your soul and that when you talked about poetry and you talked about you writing on your own, you reminded me of one of my favorite TED Talks ever. It's by uh, Ethan Hawke. He was talking about how you should let your creativity uh, don't kill it and all. And he was saying how... People will go in life till they go through a heartbreak or a hard time or whatever. And that's when they wonder if someone else has faced something like that. And they look for poetry and they look for, uh, you know, art. And then it becomes a, a, a way of sustenance. It's not only, it's not like a luxury. It's not for, you know, fancy people who uh, know about art. No, it's very important for survival. And uh, listening to what you were saying, it seemed like you resorted to art and you resorted to writing and poetry and all as a means of surviving uh, the tough times that you were going through. I believe in my heart that it's one of the things that kept your soul gentle and kept you empathetic and compassionate instead of resorting to violence as well. Anger is a very, very contagious emotion, I feel. And the fact that I am talking to you right now and finding this calmness and peace from you Uh, while I, I don't know if I, I don't know, I, I think I would be very, very, very angry, you know. I think I am sometimes uh, angry by stuff that I've been through or whatever. So I'm really impressed by 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 you in general. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, I want to know now, uh, like uh, now in the present, uh, you're married, right? I am. How long have you been married? Two and a half years. How did you meet your husband? So I met him at my first job. So I worked in a bank. That was my first job. He was in a different department. I was in a different department. But the departments were located, you know, next to each other. So we used to, you know, like meet in the sense like, so that's how I met him. At first, it was not a relationship, actually. It was uh, a good friendship that we had. Uh, we were friends first. And, uh, you know, he had his, uh, <laughs> you know, he was dating other, you know, girls and women. I was just his friend back then. And then later on, I think after a couple of years, probably two years down the line, then yes, it 
we started a relationship so yeah so the basis is basically friendship <laughs> this is amazing i think the best relationships are the ones that start as friendship first correct there is a foundation for it correct i think you mentioned to me that your husband is really supportive of your ambitions and dreams in general right yes he is so to be honest like when i was living with my father i had an extremely restricted life like i told you even when i got through my ordinary levels and then for advanced levels we had to choose a stream with it so i really wanted to do law politics because i felt you know that's what suits me better but my father did not allow me to choose what i wanted to do so it was all dictated so i think after i got married i actually you know started uh, i actually completed my degree he supported me and then in addition to that i also started international relations and you know i i never thought that i would fall in love with this area of study and I'm so happy and glad that I actually, you know, started something uh, in this area and I felt this is what I'm passionate about. It was like extremely fulfilling, you know, because for a very long time you you were not able to I mean I was not able to do things that I wanted to do. So my husband sort of gave me the freedom and he was like now you have no restrictions i'm not your father i'm not going to you know imprison you or like sort of expect these certain things from you just because you're my wife so you can just go and pursue whatever you want so he treated you as his partner correct he treated me as his partner and i think he sort of pushes me to be better like improve myself to be honest um, just to tell you the truth i was never into fitness uh, never worked out before so he is the one who got me into working out as well so now i just follow you know a little bit here and there i'm not like a very huge fitness freak or anything uh, but just uh, you know like very light workouts at home that's what i do but he is the one who got me into that as well and he comes he would never question me like okay did you clean the house did you do this did you do that that's not what his question would be to me he would ask what did you learn today oh that's so cute <laughs> yeah so um he he's someone who likes to see me thriving and flourishing because he believes that i could do well and it was just that my circumstances were not uh, you know good enough or i was not in a proper environment to pursue everything that i needed to so he constantly and continuously pushes me to do better and uh, he supports me in that in that sense so i'm very happy and lucky i would say and blessed in a way to have him uh, as, as my husband kudos to your husband for being your supportive partner and your cheerleader i can see from your smile now and i love that i really love that what was the best moment of your life so far i would say a couple of things actually i come from a developing country but it is now changing you know in terms of this cultural uh, you know like traditions cultural you know barriers or what not i think we are now progressing but there are certain barriers you know which are prevalent even to date when i got married and 
so we had this tradition you know like after getting married you need to go visiting you have to go and visit your relatives so then the first question was okay when are you going to have a baby and all of this nonsense right and my husband his answer to that was uh no no we are not going to think about that she's going to study now <laughs> and, and that was like a slap across the face <laughs> and they were like what studying after getting married now you are a family you have to you know like sort of grow your family and all of that and he was like no no this is what she wants to do so i support her she wants to study so that's what she's going to do simple as that so and some people they even sort of discouraged me like you know they said oh how are you going to manage a household how are you going to you know study when you're married and all of that so for me the biggest accomplishment or the best moment is like when i got the results of my degree that was one of the best moments the other best moment is obviously you know getting married to my husband being able to build that relationship because obviously if, when you're in a relationship you're still not living together right but so i got married to him and then i moved in with him and it was a totally different life for me especially mm-hmm. after living in a very constricted environment restricted restricted abusive environment mm. it was like a new life for me so i think these are the two best moments in my life so far you were able to leave that environment and you know just get again continue with your life evolve and make up for a lot of things and all were you able to connect or to relate to other domestic violence uh, survivors were you able to help anyone I mean just by talking and you know sharing your pain I think it's in a way making someone feel that they are not alone. So were you able to do that? Yes, I have. So basically um in my international relations class so we were sort of grouped into different groups for group projects, right? So there was this girl um I still remember. She was very quiet. and i know if someone's very quiet and you know who's like very um silent there's something going on i'm not saying that it it's going to be that way for everyone i mean there are people who are living a wonderful life but they're still silent but i think it's more or less like the kind of vibe that you i just knew so i saw her and i felt there's something going on and then so the best way to get a victim to talk is by basically sharing your experience because the reason why they don't share is because there is a lot of shame stigma associated with it right the moment you come and say uh, look i have been a victim of this abuse domestic violence or what not you know people kind of tend to look at you in a totally different way right and some people they even don't like to hear the word victim and they kind of feel like if you say that you are a victim that oh this is a weak person it's it for me it's not weakness it's about you know you're going through this and you're still holding yourself together it's your strength it's not your weakness how can it be your weakness right true right so for me the thing is i feel like why most of the people whoever who's going through similar situations why they don't come out why they don't talk about it is because they feel that you know fear of judgment that's one thing the other thing is that they feel like people might not be interested in listening to them that's one thing right and people are unable to relate or um, have empathy towards them 
so what i felt there was something wrong so i told i said i've been you know going through this and then she started sharing her stuff as well she was like she she was going through the same thing so she has a sister and it's her and the mother and they get beaten up by the father the father so i asked what exactly is the reason and then she said that he's an alcoholic he gets drunk every day after work and then he comes and lets out his frustration on these three females so then since i was also going uh, i mean going for these international relations classes so the lecturers who came and basically lectured us were from the un activists for women rights so when they teach about all of these topics they would also say that if you're going through such things you need to seek assistance right and they would give you know like certain institutions from where you could seek help so then what i what i said was basically to her it's not wrong if you have to go and complain about your father to the police or probably a different uh, maybe another authority for your own safety and for her it was not even her safety she was worried about her sister's safety who sister who was younger and the mother's safety so i said as the elder sister it is totally okay for you to go and do that because i myself have done that i was going through abuse for so long and then the moment i moved out from my house then it was my sister who was targeted and then she was going through the same thing and at a point she i think she could not she was not strong enough because she is extremely young as well and i can't expect everyone to be like me that is not fair so she kind of started losing it you know she started going and banging her head on the walls and then she was feeling suicidal so then i thought okay one instance she my mother was getting beaten up because my uh, my sister had gone to visit my maternal grandmother who lives just four houses away from my home and uh, i actually had to go and lodge a complaint against my father for my sister's safety and my mother's safety and a lot of things were told to me that i'm not a good daughter you know relatives would say all of that it's your father he's beating up for your own good and all of that i mean how is it good in case if something the timings are bad right and obviously men sometimes they are physically i would say they physically stronger than women just one wrong slap it could even you know make you to go into paralysis then what's is it then for there is no right slab as well right. like yeah yeah there's no there is no uh, justification and i'm really sorry that you went through this and but you managed to actually help someone else yes i helped someone else and i helped my own mother and sister you're so <laughs> fucking strong i can't imagine i can't imagine how you managed to stand up not just in front of your parent but like in front of your whole community and 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 actually demand what's yours you know like safety it's so empowering honestly thank you and now I, i mean i'm having a lot of complex feelings right now but like one of them because i'm also a feminist and this stuff makes me feel very angry you know like i i still don't understand how we're in that age and we still have to go through this and and try to convince people around us oh it's not right to hit people it's not right to hit your and of course it hurts so much more when it's from your family but like how are we still having this debate you know how is it still okay how are these people not how there are not stricter rules to 
to to impose so that this is not okay it doesn't go for long so but the fight is very long the, the fight is not over on this and i guess maybe that's one of the things that fuels you into wanting to study about the world and you know have an impact because i feel from your personality that you want to do big things you want to achieve everything i feel like there is no limit to your ambition that's that's the message i'm getting across from you right now yeah for me like i told you like when you asked me like what i'm curious about so when i say about global affairs there's no specific thing there right so it's like a very vast a very broad topic for me i don't want to confine myself there as well and i feel i'm just telling you i can't talk about global stats because i really have not done my research but in terms of sri lanka i can tell you domestic violence okay is happening according to my research is happening mostly in urban areas in urban areas it also includes the capital of sri lanka and also includes the business hub where there is like a huge population of people who are educated right so if people are educated then my question was why is there domestic violence happening hmm. so you wanted to navigate the relation between is it lack of education and awareness or what right yeah so it is not actually lack of education because now the highest number of domestic violence cases are basically reported from urban areas and when you talk about urban areas in sri lanka there is a huge educated population there but still there is domestic violence happening so then my question was why then i went again to the next step and i i basically went and saw the reason is people are educated they know that this is happening to them and this is wrong but the problem is they go to the wrong person or wrong people seeking for help that is own family members so what the family members would do is basically they would try to say oh yes yes you you know yeah it's your husband it's your father he's beating you up it's for your own good and they try to just neutralize the situation hmm. right but what they don't understand is the fact that there is no solution because this is happening all over again right and i can't blame you can't quite necessarily blame the victims for you know going to a family member requesting yeah. for comfort because that's the first step that's what you would do you would go to a family member right yeah and if the family members can't give you proper advice i would say don't go to them and if you feel like they're not giving you a proper solution you have to go beyond that and that is basically seeking uh, help advice from legal institution yeah. the reason is why this domestic violence cases why uh, it just gets swept under the rug is the fact because mostly the victims of domestic violence cases are women right so they really don't go to the police station or any legal institution to lodge a complaint because the moment you go people try to look down on you i mean how how can you be wrong and how is it a shameful act to go and lodge a complaint against your abuser even if it is a family member mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. because of this now even my mother was very against this when i said i'm going to go to the police station he was like no no what will the people say what will the family think it's not good it's not nice it's not good for your father it's not good for the family name so getting abused every day is it good for the family name is it a good thing is it the right thing no right mm. so is, isn't it shameful for you to get abused for no reason 
you haven't done anything wrong and you're just getting beaten up for no reason is that is is that not shameful it's shameful right yeah so i i i i told my mother i said you say whatever you want i know you're someone who will basically succumb to all these things which your family would say i said but i'm going to go because they are not giving a solution you're not safe my sister is not safe no one is coming forward so it's fine this is the only way so that is why i would tell whoever who is going through this don't even feel ashamed if you have to go and seek assistance from a legal institution or from the police if you're going through such situations because you have to think about your safety and if yeah. it is not only you if it is someone else who is also going through a similar situation it is their safety as well so it's it's totally okay and it's all right people are aware right there is knowledge readily available throughout the world now but how many people use this knowledge when it's required i mean i don't see the purpose of knowledge if you can't use it or if you don't use it right so now for me i went i learned international relations i spoke to all these activists because they were my lectures i spoke to all people you know and i felt whatever that was happening to me is wrong whatever that's happening to my mother my sister is wrong i learned something and i just followed it i didn't care what my family said that is me using my knowledge for the benefit of myself and for the benefit of my sister and my mother for their safety that's my justification nothing else i'm not going to go anything not going to say anything beyond that what i see is today people they take a degree but it's mainly just to get a job it's not only about you know getting a job it's about how you enrich your life how you enrich other people's lives as well that's what i believe in and thing is education without purpose is useless that's what i feel mostly when you're really small you know we are constantly taught about maths and science and all of this you know we put a lot of emphasis on that but what about the humanity side what about the ethics right it does not matter how educated you are if you're not a good human being if you do not have good morals right Preach. shimaz i want to ask you now what manages to like inspire you to be your best self and like keep you going for me it's a couple of things salma one thing i think mostly that has contributed for me to you know keep going is the kind of adversities that i've gone through apart from that i think it's also my accomplishments because adversities remind me okay i've gone through these 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 things i've you know i've overcome all those and today i'm here and you know i've dealt with it in a uh, way i think sensible way um and from that i derive inspiration and apart from that the accomplishments i mean it it's it could be very, it's something very subjective it could vary from person to person but for me these are the two main things that i derive inspiration from my accomplishments it could be a small one small accomplishment it might mean nothing to another person but for me it could be everything it it's yeah. it's about my life it's about my sense of fulfillment my sense of uh, you know uh, accomplishment and i i have to define what what is success in my own terms 
So even success, it could be different things, different people. What is success for you? How do you define it? For me, success, again, it's many things. One thing I would say is the accomplishments and uh, also about what I could give back to the community, you know, to the world, even if it is in the most, I would say, small, small as possible way. And also my intellectual growth. Hmm. Today, I'm in a certain position in terms of my knowledge, but tomorrow, probably in a year's time, where would I be? How much have I learned? How much, how much have I used from my knowledge for the betterment of myself and at least to help someone who is in need? That's amazing. Yeah, that's my uh, interpretation of success. Where do you self-educate? Reading books, reading things online. And apart from that, I also actually watch different, I mean, different topics. If I need to research, I would basically go and watch things on uh, YouTube. These are my sources, but I read a lot. I'm telling you. So, and um, also I think self-education, it's also from my life experiences. Of course, of course. What's the best life lesson you learned from a book? I love this book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Hmm. Uh, it's a personal development book written by Robin Sharma. And uh, it's about a monk and the kind of things he shares with people, you know, to hmm. bring the best out of them. So he was like a very rich person, but he, you know, sort of left all his riches behind to become a monk. That sort of book. So for me, it's like believe in yourself. Don't listen to others. The world might say that you can't do it's okay let them say whatever they want to say but you have to first believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself no one is going to believe in yourself mm. so that's one thing and hardships adversities setbacks in life i mean i would say are part and parcel of life and that sort of prepares you for the future that you deserve so i think when you come across such a situation don't feel depressed always think that it's happening for a reason it's going to bring the best out of you. Like for me, it has helped me in many ways. I think I became very vocal. I became very brave. I feel like that's something that I've learned. And those are like my biggest lessons. You know, I don't listen to anyone. I believe in myself. I feel adversities are happening to you for some reason. It's going to just prepare you for the future that you deserve. It, it brings the best out of you. And um, I also like to sort of flow with life. You know, some things you, how much you do, you know, sometimes you might not reap the results then and there, but you have to be like patient, optimistic, believe that it's going to happen someday. But until then, you're going to flow with uh, with life because yeah. life is there to flow. You can't, you know, like sort of control it. Only what you could control or what is within your control is how you respond to it. So you only have to focus what is within your control. Anything else? You have to just let it go and just flow with it. Fight for your life. That's amazing. What's one question you wish that I had asked you and how you would have answered? Like, what is like my biggest fear? Nice. What's your biggest fear? Just a few, I would say, not one exactly. I would say not living to my potential. That's number one. Number two, I have this thing like every day, like when I pray, I this is something that I include in my prayers because we are human beings and the bitter truth is that we have limited time. We are all going to die one day, right? I just want to 
give a good life to my parents especially my mother because she has sacrificed a lot i want her to be happy i want to make her happy so i always have this fear that i won't be able to do that because either i might die soon or either she would die soon like before you know i i would get to that uh, you know position or place where i could just i would able to give that kind of life that she deserves so i always like in my prayers ask ask god like please you know don't take my life or her life until i'm able to do this you know for her sort of a mm. thing so that's my second i mean fear and the other one is like before i die i have this thing i would want to do something at least small give back to the world when it's a community or society or what not life is short but you know like i'm just doing my best to get there so that i would be able to do something shimaz i feel like you've already accomplished so much how old are you i'm 30 yani for 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 a 30 year old woman you've accomplished so much for yourself and you should always be proud of yourself for everything you still have plenty of time i know it's like you know this is stuff that people tell me as well when i feel oh my god i'm so old now i'm telling you but yeah it's true you have plenty of time to do everything you want and I'm really really in awe of of you and your story and your passion and everything about you. My last question for you is like where can listeners find you online? I'm available on Facebook, I'm available on Instagram. So my name goes as Shimaz Rafiq, so you would be able to easily find me. And you're job hunting right now, right? Correct. For which field? or what is the job title you're looking for like i told you i've been in multiple industries right so i'm uh, more or less i would say I'm more keen on a project management product management role because it also involves uh, you know being analytical and building relationship with uh, different teams to get the project going and you know and uh, stakeholder relationships so i enjoy it a lot um that's that's current job role that i'm looking for but like i told you in the future My ultimate goal is to have something in international relations. <laughs> well, you're an asset for any company. I I feel from your energy, it's a given and um I wish you the best of luck with that and uh thank you so 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 much Jimas for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast uh, today. Okay, um and Salma there's just a couple of things that I would like to say as well before we wrap up. So I am extremely thankful to you and grateful and I feel like I'm honored to be a part of this, you know, podcast and I think you're doing an amazing thing by creating a platform and having this platform where people like us could come and talk, voice opinions or you know share our life experiences or even knowledge what we know i think it's going to be of immense help to those who are um, you know going through similar situations um so i think especially us women you know we are going through so much and i think us women we have to look out for each other hmm. men say that i have some sort of an affinity towards women yes i i would not deny it because i think i'm not we... denying it as well oh let <clears throat> them say yeah i'm biased <laughs> of yeah, course we'd be biased <laughs> yeah so i mean i would love to see women you know flourish thrive in whatever they choose to do um that's 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 my intention as well like going forward something to do you know for the betterment of women and children because we deserve much more and unfortunately we have to you know fight for the place that we deserve or to get certain things in life we have to fight for it um it's not easy for for us women i, I think i'm extremely honored and i consider it 
a privilege to be a part because I've never ever been invited to be on a podcast. So I I feel that whatever that you're doing, it's it's really remarkable. It's incredible, and it's going to actually change people's lives. Whoever who is listening in, one step at a time, and I think that's what's needed. You know, creating awareness and you know, sort of encouraging each other, empowering each other. And I, I, I would obviously, you know, love to see us all women, you know, flourishing, thriving, excelling in whatever that we do. Shemez, I, <laughs> I cannot like, um, so I, don't make me cry, please. <laughs> It would be the first time to cry on my podcast, but like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I needed your dose of energy today more than you know. It's amazing. I am the one who's very thankful to you, honestly. Thank you so much to you as well, and I'm really grateful. And I think I hope whoever who is listening in would, you know, have things to take away from this discussion today. And I hope, as much as it's informative, interesting, I hope they enjoyed every bit of it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.